Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayishlach. Whoa. Parshas Vayishlach can be called as indeed Rav Salvechik, Zechron Levracha, referred to it as the Parsha of Confrontation. And indeed, the Medrash tells us that before the leaders of Klai Yisrael over the generations had to meet or had to make the decision of how to respond to crises with other nations, they would study well Parshas Vayishlach for inspiration. Parshas Vayishlach, according to the Chinuch, contains a positive mitzvah that is that is one mitzvah, a negative mitzvah. Thou shalt not eat the Git HaNosheh, as Yaakov was injured in his wrestling match. This is the third and last mitzvah in Book of Bereshis. First one being the mitzvah of Pru'uvu, to have children, procreation. Second mitzvah, that of Mila, circumcision. And now the prohibition of eating the Gid HaNosheh, the sinew of the thigh vein. Now, I'd like to, before we get into the specific Tvar Torah on Vayishlach, I just want to share with you the words of the Chinuch explaining why. Why is it that we don't eat the Gid Hanosheh? Now watch. As is his style, after presenting the mitzvah, he offers what he calls Mishorshe Mitzvazu, the root of this mitzvah. And I'm going to read to you two paragraphs that are worth dancing for. At the root of this precept lies the purpose that Jewry should have a hint that even though they will endure great tribulations in the exiles at the hands of the nations, and the descendants of Esav, they should remain assured that they will not perish, but their progeny and name will endure forever, and a Redeemer will come and deliver them from the oppressor's hand. Remembering this matter always through the mitzvah, which will serve as a reminder that they will stand firm in their faith and righteousness forever. Now, this serves as such a remez hint, because we find in our Midrashic tradition that the force who fought with Yaakov, our father, was the celestial prince or the guardian angel of Esau. He wanted to extirpate Yaakov from the world, to take him out of this world, both him and his progeny. However, unable to prevail against Yaakov, he pained him by touching his thigh. Thus, the descendants of Esau will inflict pain and suffering on the descendants of Yaakov. It's a nevuah. But ultimately, they will be rescued from them. 
even as we find regarding our father Yaakov, that the Torah teaches, Vayizrach lo Hashemesh, the sun shone for him to heal him. And he was delivered from the pain. Here it is. So will the son of the Mashiach shine for us. He will heal us from our suffering and redeem us. Amen. Bimheira biameinu. Beautiful, encouraging, uplifting words from the Chinuch, explaining why we don't eat the Gid. Okay, I'd like to focus on a very interesting pasuk found in the parsha, whereby we're told that after Yaakov has his encounter with Esav and he gets his way out of having to go with Esav, okay, the Torah tells us that this is chapter 33, Pasuk 18, Yaakov came literally intact. And the Rashi explains beautifully, number one, he was healed from his limb. He was shalem, the mamono, in terms of his money, which means that though he gave such an extensive gift to Esav, he did not lose anything as a result of that gift. He was shalem b'toraso, intact in his Torah that he had studied at the yeshiva of Shem Ver, and the idea is he did not lose and forget his Torah that he had. So shalem b'mamono, shalem b'gufo, shalem b'toraso, and the pasuk continues. He comes to. Shem Vayichan as Pineoir, and he encamped before the city. Now listen carefully, when was this? So Rashi tells us that it was on Erev Shabbos. It was Friday afternoon. And the Meshachmon on this Pasuk quotes the Psikta Abaracious chapter 11, that regarding Avraham Avinu, there is no hint in the Torah that he kept Shabbos. Yes, we're told, based upon the Pasuk in Parshas Toldos, that Avraham Avinu kept the Torah before it was given, but there is no specific mention of Shabbos. Avo Yaakov, however, when the Torah tells us here, Vayichan es ear, bo shmira Shabbos. And the rabbis understand these words. Vayichan es ear, nichnas im dimdume chama. He came late in the afternoon, the sun was going down, the kovat chumim. And the first thing that he did was establish Tchum Shabbos, namely, the uh, the city limits, how far you're able to go uh, beyond the city limits, what are the city limits, 
and he established what is known as Eruv Tchumin. Now this is a very interesting point. The rabbis teach us that going back to Avram, who kept the Torah before it was given, they say not only the biblical laws, but even, come on, the rabbinic laws, and they include Erev Tavshilin. And the Meshachachma says, do you know why the grandfather, Avraham, fulfilled Erev Tavshilin? Because that is based upon the principle of three words, Shema Yavo Orchim. The guests will come. So I can cook on Friday afternoon for Shabbos, because there's always a chance that it will be eaten on Yom Tov, on Friday. Because Avraham's whole idea was to have that open home that Orchim could come at any and all times. Yaakov says the Meshachachma was just the opposite. He was Koveya Eruv Tchumim, which means to set boundaries. Yaakov was the one whose mitoso shlema, his bed, meaning his family, was all complete, intact. Unlike Avram who had a Yishmoel, unlike Yitzchok who had an Esau, Yaakov had, as the Torah says, Vayiyu B'nei Yisrael Shtemesreim, there were twelve, twelve tzaddikim. And I quote from the Meshachachma, Uvizar'o, and with his immediate descendants, Dai, Sheyu Mo'on Merkavala They became the chariot for the divine presence, the Shechina in this world. And as Hashem promised him at the dream last week of the ladder, that Hashem Nitzav Olav, literally, God was standing above him to protect him. This is just what the role and function of Yaakov was. That unlike Avraham, who was Mr. Outreach par excellence, and he goes on to say the Meshachachma, that even when Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim because of the famine, part of his reason for going down there was to influence and to constantly bring the concept of monotheism to more people in this world. Not so Yaakov Avinu, just the opposite. He was, didn't try to influence his father-in-law, Lavan. He was even angry at Rachel, who stole the Trovim. That was not his function. And even when he goes down to Mitzrayim, when he has to later on, at the end of Bereshis and Parshas Vayigash, come on, he goes to Goshen, separate. That's his idea, that by focusing on his family, and by focusing on in-house, instead of outreach, in-reach, to make sure that they were strong, you can affect others by going out and preaching to them, and you can affect others by living your life, and by that way, influencing them just by the way you live, you become an orla goyim, a light unto the nation. That's a very, very important point that the psikta is making regarding the character and the nature of Yaakov, 
And therefore, we don't find by Yaakov, as the Ramban says on the Pasuk in Lech Lecha, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, that Avram called out in the name of God. Avram did so, Yitzchok does so. We don't find that Yaakov, that expression, nor the acting out of Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. I want to take this one step beyond, and that is in this parsha, we have that Yaakov is going to uh, go back to where he had that special dream, where he made that neder to Hashem, that I will make a base elokim. Before he goes, this is where Yaakov says to his family, chapter 35, Pasuk 2, an incredible Pasuk. He says to his family, Hosiru es Elohei Hanechar. Get rid of the foreign gods that are with you. Now, the Sapurno says on this spot immediately, could it be? Can anybody think that Yaakov's family had Avodah Zarah? No. He says this is the various Avodah Zarah that they took from Shechem when Shimon and Levi wiped out all the mail from Shechem. So they had the various Avodah and, listen carefully, we'll learn a law regarding Avodah that if those non-Jews who worshipped it later on, quote, rejected it and realized that because they couldn't save them, these Avodah it's worthless, so the technical term is Beetle, just as you find that the concept of beetle barove, a little bit of meat, falls into a pot which has more than 60 times the amount of the a meat pot, more than 60 times the amount of milk. So the meat is mevatel, it nullifies the milk. Similarly here, by their rejecting the idolatry, they are mevatel it. So from the letter of the law, listen carefully, a Jew could get benefit thereof. But still, Yaakov wanted to make sure that there would be zero trace of any negative influence in the home of something that was and had on it some remnant of idolatry. So even that, Yaakov was saying, get rid of. Let's face it, my friends. Unfortunately, in this month especially, we and our children, and they see it all over. The songs are in the air, the glitter, the lights. It's so striking to them that they need to be told something very, very interesting. That by us, when we celebrate, it is Ne'er Ish Ubeso. The focus is on the home. The focus is on the family. The focus is strengthening that which we have and that which we believe in, a very special Misora, as opposed to them, whereby the focus is only on the glitter on the outside. Unlike Avraham, who called his relationship with Hashem, the Har, because after all, that's where the Akedo was, at the Har. Unlike Yitzchak, who called it a Sada, the field, where Yitzchak went to Davin, as the Torah says, L'suach Pasada, the Torah tells us last week in Parshas Vayetze, that 
Yaakov calls it bias, right? The Torah says that Vayikra Eshem HaMukomahu Beis Keo Beis Eo What does that mean? That this is, he's establishing a home. A home has walls. A home protects. It protects the home from the outside environment. And that, especially now, is our responsibility to be mechazek, our home, to make sure that the right influence comes in and the wrong influence stays out. Shabbat Shalom to all.